From Olympic City and the home of Pikes Peak, this is the Automotive ADHD Show. Oh yeah, here we are rocketed for a special edition of the Automotive ADHD Show, heard around the world as a podcast and on the radio in Southern Colorado. My name is Matt West. I'm here to talk about cars, but not only am I here to talk about cars today, but so is my guest. And I am really excited to have him on the show. Not only is he a fellow AMC fan, I know that would be great on its own, but he is also making a documentary series about American Motors, and this is going to be super cool. We're going to talk to him. We're also going to get to your car sounds and announce this month's car sound of the month winner. I'm excited to do that in the second half of the show. You got to check that out. But without further ado, my guest is an Emmy Award winning television producer. His work includes the famous Motor Week TV series. He's a contributor to The Drive, and now he is the director of a documentary series about American Motors. His name is Joe Ligo. Joe, welcome to Automotive ADHD. Thank you, Matt. Thanks for having me. Awesome. I am glad to have you because I love talking about American Motors. I am a uh, listeners of my show know I'm a fan of American Motors, and it sounds like you are as well. Oh, absolutely. It's uh, there's there's not gazillions of us out there, but there is a very tight knit and enthusiastic community of, of AMC lovers. And I, I'm proud to be a part of it. And I'm really excited to have you on to talk about it here. Now, before we talk about the series, uh, the documentary series, give me and my listeners a little bit of your backstory. You know, what has led up to you being here now? <laughs> You're producing a documentary series about perhaps the best car company around. Well, thank you for that flattering introduction. So, so yes, so I am the director producer of The Last Independent Automaker, which is a documentary series about American Motors that I've been working on with my uh, two business partners, Jim and, and Patrick, on and off for the last five years. You know, that's when we kind of first came up with the idea of this. But at the time, you know, I've worked in the, the TV industry. And so, you know, I worked several different TV jobs. I had started as a video editor at the TV show Motor Week. So everybody remembers, you know, John Davis and, and Pat Goss, the, the guys at Motor Week. So I was a, a segment editor for them when I started this project rolling. And uh, from there, I worked on another program at the same uh, public television station. There was another show after Motor Week. I, I got promoted to producer of Maryland Farm and Harvest, which is a program all about farming which, of course, I always found a way to make it about machines, right? <laughs> it's like whenever we would have our meetings to discuss who's doing what stories, I'm like, okay, well, I'll do the tractor story and uh, you can do the cow story. And, of course, it worked out great because the producers I worked with were all so talented and they loved doing animal stories and that kind of thing. And I was like, put me behind the wheel of a combine. Let's get up there. Let's film these things in action. But uh but after that, I left that job uh, at the spring of this year to work full time on making this documentary a reality. Uh, we kind of had a moment, my, my business partners and I, where we said, you know, this is a great project, but it's not something we can just do on nights and weekends. And so I took the leap to work on it full time. Uh, by, and then my two partners, Jim and, and Pat, are still co-producers and you know they they didn't leave their day jobs yet so they're they still have to juggle that but this is this is my new gig is working on this documentary and i've been overwhelmed at the excitement we put out our trailer this summer in july 
And I've been overwhelmed at the excitement people have for the project. Uh, you know, people on Facebook and YouTube telling me how excited they are to see it. And of course, folks like like you, Matt, who found us on the internet and and reached out to us because you share that excitement. It's it's a great thing. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And you know, and where I found you was I was uh, I was I was browsing around for you know just uh, content for this show, and I saw a documentary series about AMC. I'm like, I got to talk about that. I got to talk about that. If if no one else does, I have to talk about that. And and uh, and that's where I found it. And it was I think it was on an article from the uh, the Drive specifically. And uh, I just went into it and I thought this was a fantastic idea. I mean, you know, AMC can be sometimes the forgotten car company. I've met I've met guys who are gearheads and they know nothing about AMC or or maybe they remember them back in the day, but they were never really, you know, first first thought in their mind when it came to cars. So that's why, you know, I, I love a, a good story about AMC, but I also I love their products. I, I own uh, an AMC Hornet and I've got a, a Jeep that was made during the AMC years. And, uh, you know, they're just, to me, it's, it's such a cool car company. Now talking about cars as well. Um, I remember before when we were talking before the show here, uh, you said you also have an AMC car as well. Yes. So I have an AMC ambassador, which was probably built around the same time as your Hornet. And it's, it's a big four door sedan, vinyl roof, all the, all the kit and caboodle. And, uh, if you, if you look on YouTube, I have a channel called Auto Moments, and I have some videos up there of the Ambassador in action. So it's a, it's a cool car. I've had it for a couple years now, and uh, it's it's interesting because it's it's I think it's close to the biggest car AMC ever made. Uh, you know, because they were known for small cars, they were known for cars like the Hornet and the Ramblers and that kind of thing. So it's a little out of character uh, to be driving a large AMC, but uh, it has a it has a a special place in my heart. And of course, in a, this is a really bad <laughs> cliche, but I kind of see our project as, you know, we are AM's ambassadors for AMC <laughs> because we're, we're sharing this story of this company with people. And, and absolutely, I agree completely with what you said. There's a lot of people out there who have maybe heard of American Motors, but they don't really know the story beyond, oh, well, there is the Gremlin and the Pacer. And, you know, that, that's about where their information ends. So it's exciting to really tell a deep, intricate, detailed story of American Motors. Right. I think most people's introduction to AMC was the, what's that weird car in Wayne's World, you know? Yes, yes, yes. The number of people who come up to me and, oh, Wayne's World Pacer, you know? Yeah, exactly, exactly. exactly. And uh, no, that's super cool. And so before... Before we go into some more details about the film itself, and maybe you can give me a little bit of backstory, me and my listeners, a little backstory on AMC as a company. Obviously, we don't want to spoil all of it because that's what the, the the documentary series is about, but uh, maybe just a little bit of backstory, a little bit of context into sure. who exactly AMC is. Sure, sure. So, so the documentary is going to be three hours. It's going to be six half hour episodes. So I promise I won't take that long to describe it, but so we pick up right around the end of World War II. And basically, at that point, the, the American automotive industry was kind of divided into two groups. You had what were called the big three, GM, Ford, and Chrysler. And then you had another group called the independents. And independent meant that they were not part of some giant corporate conglomerate like General Motors, which had, you know, what, like five, six brands and divisions and departments, whatever. So like your independents would be Hudson, Nash, Studebaker, Packard, those sized companies. 
And the president of Nash at the time, right after the war ended, George Mason was very uh, almost clairvoyant. And he knew that independence would not be able to compete with the big three uh, at scale. They, he just knew that, you know, the, going forward, you know, giant companies, it's going to be the way of the future. We can't compete. We're too small. And so he already, you know, by 1946, 47, he was looking for companies to merge with. And eventually, uh, Hudson and Nash wound up merging together in 1954. And so that is when American Motors was created. The new company was called American Motors Corporation. Okay. And so, so you know, unlike something like Ford, which, you know, started in, you know, the early 1900s, AMC's founding date is 1954. However, their history goes back to the early 1900s with Nash and with Hudson. Right. And I... I think a lot of classic car fans might recognize the Nash brand. You know, you had the the Nash Rambler as well. Sure. You know, sure. and th things like that. So that's interesting that AMC was born sort of of that that cooperation. Right. So it was born out of a merger. And for a while, they sold Nash and Hudson brands separately. And it wasn't until the the mid to late 50s that uh, the the new president of the company, George Romney, uh, decided that he was going to get rid of all Nash's and all Hudson's and they were just going to sell all their cars branded as Ramblers. And he really leaned into this idea of building compact, uh, economical, fuel-efficient cars in the late 50s when everybody else was getting bigger and longer and lower and wider and more powerful every year. He really leaned into this idea of making an economical car for the masses. And because there was no competition... Uh, from the big three, he really kind of, you know, saved American Motors by by making the Rambler a household name and making the idea of a, a you know, a small fuel efficient car popular. And, you know, shortly thereafter, you saw the Falcon and the Valiant and the Corvair follow uh, in the Rambler's footsteps. But then uh, Romney, if you recognize the name George Romney, uh, decided to get out of the automotive business and into politics. And uh, in his absence, the company took a different approach and you know there were some down years and some dark times and then they sort of rebounded in the late 60s with you know muscle cars like the javelin and the amx and then you know uh, back to compact cars like the hornet and the gremlin and so it's this real roller coaster ride through the 70s you know we've got gas the gas crisis and you know oil shortages and inflation and all kinds of crazy economic things going on until finally American Motors finds itself uh, partnering with Renault, which is a French car company, and, you know, trying to build French designed cars in the United States. And, and uh, you know, until finally, um, I won't spoil the ending, although most car enthusiasts know it already, but uh, that didn't work out. And that's why we don't have American Motors today. But we certainly have lots of excellent vehicles from their time uh, that, you know, we get to remember the company by. And of course, you mentioned you own a, a Jeep that was built by American Motors. Um, there was a period where American Motors bought Jeep and owned the Jeep division and built some incredible SUVs and pickup trucks during that time. Uh, you know, you think of the old Jeep Wagoneers and the J10, J20 pickups, and even some of the stuff like, you know, the Jeep Cherokee XJ models were all done by AMC. And, uh, you know, there's some some great history there, not just of American Motors, but of Jeep as well. Right, right. And I think 
that's one of the connections we have to sort of, you know, AMC's lineage still is all the Jeeps made through basically the um, the TJ generation of Wranglers. You know, even though Chrysler was in ownership at that time, they were still using that AMC straight six platform that had been around for, you know, 40 years up until that point. Right, right. Up until I want to say like 2005 or something. Right, they still use the Jeep inline six, which had previously been the AMC inline six, and you know they were, uh, you know, still building inline six engines in Kenosha, Wisconsin, uh, for a long time. And so, yeah, so you see, AMC's fingerprints are all over the auto industry today. You know, even though the name of the company is no longer there. But I mean, Dodge just announced a new uh, compact SUV called the Dodge Hornet. The, the Hornet. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Right. I, I saw that. Yeah. So there's there's AMC connections everywhere. Uh, AMC really can be credited for two giant revolutions in American automobiles. The first of which being the compact car revolution of the late '50s, you know, the the early '60s with the Rambler, right. and then all the cars that followed. But also the four wheel drive revolution. I mean, Jeep wasn't the only company that built four wheel drive vehicles, but they certainly were the best known company that built four wheel drive vehicles, and so. In the 70s, with AMC's purchase of Jeep from from Kaiser Corporation in 1969-1970, AMC turned Jeep from a vehicle that, you know, people who lived back in the woods, hunters and fishermen drove to a vehicle that everybody wanted and people in the suburbs bought by the thousands. And so, you know, there's AMC is really responsible for helping create two big revolutions in the American auto industry. Right. And I, I I like to think, too, that not just the, you know, four wheel drive vehicles or the SUVs, I, I like to think that AMC is a pioneer of the modern crossover. When you look at the, you know, the AMC, like the Eagles and stuff like that, it's a, you know, practical car that could be had with all wheel drive. It's not quite a sedan or a wagon, but it's not quite an SUV either, which, you know, and then what do you see with, you know, 90 percent of cars on the road right. now are like that. Right. Right. Absolutely. And that's one of the things we, we get into in the documentary is, you know, the AMC Eagle was Subaru was already building four wheel drive cars by that point. So it's not the first four wheel drive car. It's the first American made four wheel drive car. But the Eagle really showed an understanding of consumers in that people wanted a vehicle that had four wheel drive for the safety and security. You know, they, they weren't buying Eagles so that they could go climb a mountain. They were buying Eagles so that they could get to the grocery store in the snow. And AMC really was the first company to make that click. Uh, because, and it came from Jeep. It came from owning Jeep because, you know, the product planners and stuff at Jeep noticed, wait a minute, we have, you know, suburban families buying Grand Cherokees and Wagoneers and stuff. You know, why are they buying these? They don't live out in the woods. They're not farmers. They're not fishermen. Why are they buying Wagoneers? And it kind of clicked that like, oh, people like the four wheel drive for safety reasons, not just for off roading, but for on road safety. And so that's where the Eagle really came from. And and I think you saw a lot of that philosophy go into the 1984 uh, Cherokee XJ platform as well is how do we give them four wheel drive, but also give them you know, better sound insulation, leather seats, you know, like comfortable, uh, a comfortable driving experience. Because most people, I guess you said you own an old CJ, right? 
It's a YJ from the last of the AMC years, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you and a YJ. So, so you, even, you know, that like, there's a big difference between how a, a Wrangler or a CJ drives versus, you know, modern, uh, SUVs. Oh yeah. Well, and I mean, you know, one of your, your big revolutions they did with that XJ, not only was it a unibody frame, you know, uh, which was new for them, but, uh, also the coil spring suspension. I mean, yeah, you still had solid axles, but coil springs and all of that, I think helped refine that, that road experience a little bit. Absolutely. And so that's why it's, it's, you know, there are, I, I'm not coming into this project with an ax to grind, but there are misconceptions about American motors. Some people say, oh, well, they were just some little struggling company that never amounted to anything or, oh, well, all their designs were just bought from other car companies or they just bought all their parts from Ford or from Chevy or whatever. And AMC did a lot of work in house. And I mean, you look at the work that went into the XJ Cherokee. I mean, that was one of the most revolutionary American vehicles ever built. Oh, and, yeah. Oh, yeah. And that shows that AMC had real engineering talent and real design talent. And they weren't just some little podunk company doing everything on a shoestring. I mean, yes, they had. Uh, you know, way less capital than than Ford or GM, but they still managed to turn out some pretty interesting products, um, you know, that go beyond just the the Gremlin and the Pacer. Right. And and I there's a there's an AMC ad that it's up on YouTube now. It's a super old ad, but they they list out all the different things. It was from the mid 70s talking about the the Hornet, the Gremlin, the Ambassador, you know, saying, what well, you know, what's the first American car to have all of this? You know, and they're they're talking it up. And then they finish that ad with the line, which is if you had to compete with the rest of these guys, what would you do? And that's exactly, I think, what they had in mind that, you know, they know they're competing with they're, they're they know they're the underdog, but they're taking advantage of every bit of that and pushing with that. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. And so so that's the that's the interesting, but also the heartbreaking thing about this documentary is that there's moments where it looks like they have it all together and they're building great stuff and sales are good. And, you know, they're adding extra shifts at the factory. But then there's always something that gets them, whether it's the gas crisis or, you know, Japanese and German cars in the late 70s, early 80s, or sometimes it's their own foolishness. I mean, you know, we we have situations where, you know, management has nobody to blame but themselves for why things, certain products don't work out or certain things don't sell. Um, you know, and that's, that's the really interesting thing about this documentary. We've, we've interviewed over 30 different people, um, from two different CEOs all the way down to, you know, people who worked in design and engineering and stylists and, we interviewed a woman who worked in fabric and color, which was really interesting, all the way to people who worked in the factory in Kenosha. You know, the guy who's putting on hubcaps or the, the lady who's, you know, attaching windshield wipers. And every single person we talk to has a, a slightly different story of American Motors, and they don't always agree on what went wrong or, you know, why is a, you know, when asked, why what happened why is american motors not in business anymore everybody has a slightly different answer and it's uh, that's the interesting but also the challenging part of of making a documentary is trying to make sense of the fact that no two interviews are the same because uh, i think sometimes in in automotive media that 
with magazines and, and TV shows and stuff, we can sometimes get a little bit of a tunnel vision of why car companies go out of business. And then once that becomes the accepted lore, we don't really like to question it. You know, there's certain right. things we, you know, the Edsel was a failure. You know, that's or, you know, the, the, you know, the citation was a failure or, you know, Lee Iacocca invented the Mustang. And then there, there's all these things that we believe. But when you actually dig down into them, they're a lot more complex. Um, you know, for instance, you know, everybody says the, you know, the AMC Pacer is the biggest automotive flop of the 70s. But for the first two years, they couldn't build enough of them to meet demand. I mean, like, oh, yeah. they had to add an extra shift at the factory. And, you know, people were pre-ordering them and, you know, waiting weeks to get them. And so that doesn't sound like a car that's a failure. Uh, but then two years later, you know, sales drop by half or whatever. And so there's a lot more going on there than just something that you can squeeze into some, you know, top 10 worst cars list that you see like in a chain email. You know, there's a lot of details there. Right, right. And again, my guest is Joe Ligo, producer and director of The Last Independent Automaker, a film series, a documentary series about American motors. Now, we're going to go to a quick break, but don't go anywhere. I'll be back with Joe Ligo in just a minute. At the Speed Council, getting things done fast is our priority. We do everything fast, from driving, working, sleeping and eating. Someone help, he's choking! This is Tim. Hello. And by the time this ad is over, he'll have bicycled across the earth 69 times. Nice. Even if our name sounds unfamiliar, you know our work. F1? Pfft, child's play. The world's first supersonic jet? Yep, that was us. Apollo 11? Also us. The fastest animal in the sea? Hell, we even wrote the Wikipedia article. Fast. And we're so dedicated to speed that we've genetically engineered the world's first hyperspeed speed machine. With this scientific breakthrough, you can download your favorite automotive podcast a whole day early. How's that for fast? Patreon.com slash Throttle Warrior. Donate now. Download the show early and receive special perks. This message approved by the Speed Council and the Church of Fast Things. Oh yeah, here we are, rocking it for the second half of the Automotive ADHD Show. Heard around the world as a podcast and also on the radio in Southern Colorado. My name is Matt West. I'm talking cars. I'm talking cars with Joe Ligo as well. But before we get back to my interview with Joe Ligo, that car sound you just heard was courtesy of Artem. You've heard that car before on the show. That is his TVR Cerbra. That specific TBR Cerbra, TVR Cerbra rather, was owned by Ed Bolian previously and was featured in dozens of car magazines throughout the years. And the reason, the reason you're hearing that car sound again right here on the show is because Artem is this month's Car Sound of the Month giveaway winner. Yes, I am excited to announce the winner for this month. Now, regular listeners of my show know how this works. You send your car sounds in. I play them on the radio. You tell all your friends, hey, hey, listen to the podcast. Listen to the radio. My car is on there. And then you get entered in a monthly drawing for a chance to win a $25 auto parts store gift certificate, as well as the automotive ADHD keychain and the new 
automotive ADHD sticker. And I am very proud to be able to give all these things to Artem. Not only not only has he been sending in great car sounds, that one included, but he's just been such a fantastic listener of the show, interacting with the show on the Facebook page, facebook.com slash automotive ADHD. Coincidentally, also the same place you go to submit those car sounds for your chance to win so that is uh that is very cool now artem i'm going to uh, get everything sent out for you i am waiting on a resupply of the keychains though just as a heads up so i will have everything sent out they're telling me it should be uh, at least the first week if not probably the second week of october so I, I i'm announcing it here but no it'll be just a little bit getting more keychains in stock i'll get everything sent out to you and i'll let you know when it's on the way so there you go now i want to get back to my interview here with Joe Ligo. I don't want to keep him waiting any longer. He, of course, is an Emmy award-winning producer. He is the director of The Last Independent Automaker, um, and uh, and he is here on the show to uh, to talk about that. Of course, you can also find him on Twitter as well, at Joe Ligo. The website for the movie is um, at the is the American Motors Movie dot com and rather that is just a American Motors movie dot com with no the in front of it. But regardless, Joe Ligo, uh, Joe. So um, you were talking about how it's kind of challenging to piece this together with all these different stories and things like that. You know, what about finding information about AMC itself? You're you're making a documentary series. You you're doing research and you're doing things. How is it? finding information and finding those stories with a company that's not around anymore and hasn't been around anymore for however many decades now. Sure. American Motors, you know, ceased to exist as an independent company in 1987. So it's been over 30 years. I am extremely lucky that I am, you know, standing on the shoulders of, of giants, uh, particularly uh, my business partner and co-producer, Patrick Foster. He has devoted the last 30 years of his life to writing about cars. He's written, you know, three or four different books about American Motors. He's written over 34 books about cars in general. I mean, he's done everything Studebaker, International Harvester, Nash, Hudson, you know, all kinds of, of, of great car books. And he has probably the world's largest collection of AMC documentation. I, you know, I think he, he told me once he has over 10,000 photos related to American Motors. So press releases, brochures, uh, you know, factory photos, uh, you know, stockholder biographies and headshots of the presidents and the board of directors and all that stuff. So Pat is really the one who made this whole project possible. Uh, I contacted him a few, I think it was in like 2015. I went up to him at a car show and I said, Pat, you know, I had met him before and I had interviewed him for a documentary I did just on the AMC Pacer. Uh, so that's available on YouTube. Uh, you know, a small plug for that. If you want to watch the, the unfortunate history of the AMC Pacer, that's on YouTube. But I'd interviewed Pat for that. And so I went up to him in a car show a few years later and I said, Pat, you know, after doing this Pacer documentary, I think I want to do a documentary on all of AMC. You know, do you want to be a part of it? And he took a little convincing because he's like, well, I've got a lot of books I'm writing right now. You know, I'm busy. Things are, you know, but, but I can, I, I convinced him and he got on board and, you know, we were off to the races. So, but I, I owe so much to Pat, uh, his collection of AMC stuff. And I mean, he interviewed so many people who worked at American Motors who unfortunately now have passed away. I mean, he interviewed George Romney. 
he interviewed all kinds of different CEOs and you know people with the head of the head of marketing and the head of manufacturing and the head of this and that. So I mean his his knowledge is you know to call it in, encyclopedic would be an understatement. I imagine so you're going into a documentary and you've got a you've got a guy like that who has just a wealth of knowledge and I'm sure that that has to at least help a little bit, you know, when you're when you're going into the film here. And uh, and and so now he you said he interviewed a lot of people on the ground. Uh, you also mentioned uh, the Romney name there as well. And that is connected to the current uh, Mitt Romney now, if I'm correct. Yes. So so Mitt Romney is the son of George Romney. George Romney was president of American Motors from 1954 until early 1962. And Mitt was around at the time and actually used to go to work with his dad and and you know was in you know would go to car shows and auto shows and drive they all drove ramblers and that kind of thing so yeah so we were lucky enough that pat knew george romney in his later years before george passed away and had become acquainted with mitt through his father and so pat from time to time, you know, I guess would email Mitt Romney things about the cars or he had just written Pat had just finished a biography of George Romney that was published in like 20, I want to say like 2018, 2019. And so Pat, through his incredible connections, called in a favor and was able to get us an interview with Senator Mitt Romney while he was in Washington, D.C. So we drove down to Washington, you know, coordinated it all with his office set up all of our camera equipment, you know, he was escorted in, talked to us for 35 minutes and then was escorted out to go to a briefing on some, you know, top secret something in Congress. Wow. It was quite the, we didn't even have time for a photo. I just barely had time for him to sign his, uh, his release form, but he was, Senator Romney was really great. We did not talk about anything political. I said, we're not talking about any politics. We're just going to talk about cars. Awesome. I think I think he really appreciated that. I think because, you know, these, <laughs> these days it's all politics all the time. So being able to talk to him about his dad and listen to his memories of his father and, you know, being 12, 11, 12 years old, going to work with your dad, getting to see the new cars down in the design studio before the public, you know, they're announced to the public and, you know, getting to see all that and talk to all those people was a really a really formative thing for from him i think senator romney was great he, he really holds his father in high regard and so it was it was great to hear him share those memories and he has a pretty good memory of of stuff that happened too he could remember different cars and different people and different dates and years that things happened and so you know that's a when you're talking about stuff that happened in you know 1957 58 you know that's that's a good memory there to remember that stuff oh yeah oh yeah and so that's and you know and seeing all the work that goes into you know planning everything and doing all your research that's one thing i love about you know with with documentary series uh like this you know, you, you have, you know, and it can be lost sometimes when you're just a viewer and you're, you're clicking around on, you know, maybe you're catching it on TV or maybe you're catching it on, you know, a streaming platform. Oh, I'll just watch this documentary. You watch it. And, oh, that was cool. But like the amount of work and the amount of logistics that have gone into your production of this. I mean, you were saying you've been working on this project for about five years, over five years now. Yeah. So up until this spring, it was just a part time nights and weekend kind of project. But but now we're really kind of going full speed ahead 
uh, we've signed an agreement with Maryland Public Television, who uh, also that's where I worked when I produced motor or uh, made videos for Motor Week and when I worked at Maryland Farm and Harvest. Uh, Maryland Public Television was interested enough to help us develop this idea and, you know, help us once the project is completed distribute it on public television stations around the country so it'll be available on tv and streaming once it's all done um unfortunately we still have a lot of fundraising to do on our own you know uh, pbs isn't known for making people into millionaires so <laughs> right right and and you know and that's one of those things you think about too you've gone from you know ha you know part-time working on it to full-time working on it now you know and that's that makes it your your full-time job and that's one of those tough things I think that people, you know, don't realize is that when you're, when you're in the business of making films and doing whatever, you know, you got it. That's, that's your job. You're not doing other work at the same time. So that said, where can people support this? You said you have a fundraiser up. How can people support this film and help make this come to reality? Yes, absolutely. So we have a website. If you go to AmericanMotorsMovie.com, that's our website. And I know technically, like you said earlier, it's not a movie, it's a series, but American Motors Movie just rolls off the tongue better than American Motors Series. But if you go to AmericanMotorsMovie.com, that's the official website for the last independent automaker. You can read about us. Uh, there's staff bios there for me, for, for Jim, and for Pat. And uh, there's also you can watch the trailer there for the series. It's there as well. And then there's a link to, we started a GoFundMe campaign. We've already raised, I was blown away. We launched our GoFundMe in July. We have already raised $11,000 from people who were so excited to see this project happen. I mean, I'm, I'm blown away by the generosity of people who, people who worked at AMC and can't wait to see it, or people who like me are, you know, younger folks who can't even remember when you could go buy a new AMC car, but they care enough that they want to see this, you know, happen. So wow. I've, I've been, we've been really blessed by people's excitement. And then on the other end, you know, if, if there's a corporate sponsor there as well, we have sort of a different process than, you know, something a little more official than GoFundMe. But, you know, since this is going to get national distribution on public television, there is room for corporate sponsors. So if anybody out there listening is interested, uh, please contact us at info at AmericanMotorsMovie.com or, you know, you can just go to our website, click on the contact tab and uh, we can walk you through that process as well. So there's um, it's really exciting to see people's passion for this. I mean, we've had over 200 donations for a total of, you know, 11,600 bucks. And so it's really been cool to see that um, because documentary, you know, documentary filmmaking is expensive. You've got equipment and travel and insurance and legal things. And, you know, you're paying to license music and license footage. And we want to make the best documentary possible. I mean, my goal is our goal as a team is to make a project that, you know, 30 years from now, somebody can sit down and watch and still say, wow, that was really good. Um, I'm so glad that, you know, they, they preserved that history. Ab absolutely. And, you know, I may be no big corporate sponsor, but I will say while we've been chatting here and you got a, there's another 50 bucks there in that fundraiser for me there. Aww. I'm really, I'm really happy to support that. I, I love the film that you're doing or the whole series rather. I think it's super cool. I think, you know, what you're doing is fantastic. I think the story of AMC is also fantastic. And it's a story that, 
you know, a lot of people don't know. And it's cool sharing that, you know, any car enthusiast, I think, you know, whether or not you're into muscle cars or the JDM modern stuff, I think anyone can appreciate the sort of work and that people connection that goes into a car company. You know, you talked Absolutely. about having the folks there on the, you know, manufacturing facility floor, the lady putting the wiper blades on. I mean, the people like that, you know, we see car companies as these big conglomerates, but they are made of people like that, you know, working every day, making things happen. Absolutely. And and that's the, the, the biggest thing that has been life changing for me doing this is how great it has been to talk to people who were actually there. And that's why it's so important that we do this project because, you know, these, these people won't be around forever. Uh, one of the guys we interviewed started at the company in 1959 was his first day of work. I mean, he basically lived the entire history of AMC with front row seats, you know. And yeah, it's I've been blown away talking to the people who were actually there, you know, the CEOs, the designers, the, the stylists, the engineers. Uh, you know, even down to all the way down the chain of command, you know, everybody has a story. And, you know, we talked to some of the guys who are managers at the factory or supervisors at the plant. And, you know, they talked about stuff that you would never think about. The one guy said, you know, I had to put lift gates on pacers for eight hours a day with, you know, a 20 minute lunch break and, you know, a 15 minute smoke break. And that's it. He's like, and I had to lift up these 200 pound lift gates all day. And I just thought, wow, people have no idea what it used to take to build cars. I mean, there were no robots. There were, you know, they had air tools and that was it. You know? Wow. <laughs> no air conditioning, no robots. You got, you know, a compressed air wrench and a set of gloves and that was it. You know? <laughs> now and, go now go build a car. <laughs> right. And so it's so great to hear these stories. And it's great to hear these people talk about how working in American Motors changed their life. I mean, we talked to one guy who started in 1949. He and his two brothers were all hired on the same day. They were refugees from Poland after World War II. They came to the United States. They had you know, no family, no, didn't know anybody. Half of them couldn't speak English and they got jobs working at, at Mr. Nash's factory, you know, uh, which later became American Motors. But the guy said, you know, because I took this job at AMC, I was able to get married and buy a house and start a family and get promoted. And, you know, by the time he retired, he was, you know, quality control inspector and had kids and grandkids and had built a life for himself. I mean, it shows that the car, the story of American Motors isn't just about what years the Javelin had this V8 in it and what years you could get the AMX and you know what years they built the Gremlin. It's, it's really a story about people. And this car company had an incredible effect on thousands of people's lives. That is, it is incredible. And that's one thing that I think, again, you look at cars like, oh, that's cool. The, uh, you know, they had this pinstripe on between this year and this year, but no, people made that. They made that by hand. Those are people's lives, people's families, people's dedication to making that, which is just next level to me. That is so cool. Well, I'm so glad that you share my enthusiasm. I have been over and over again, uh, just humbled at how much I have to learn and how much I have learned uh, from these great folks. I mean, so many people we interview are just absolutely wonderful 
uh, to us to talk to. They love sharing their stories and their memories. And I hope we can convey all that in this documentary. Because our, our goal is to really to produce a documentary that you don't have to be an AMC nut or you don't have to be even a car person to enjoy. I think, you know, these are stories about our fellow Americans. And I think that can appeal to, to anybody, anytime. Uh, not just car, not just car nuts like you and me. <laughs> Absolutely. And again, the website is AmericanMotorsMovie.com. His name is Joe Ligo. And uh, Joe, I have one more question for you, maybe before we wrap up. It might be kind of an oddball question, but, and I, I was just sitting here thinking of this, is what do you think if AMC were around today and they had to compete with Ford, uh, you know, Chrysler and Chevy, you know, you know, General Motors today, how do you think that would be different in today's climate? Ooh, that's a tough one. Uh, I think it AMC could have had several different forks in the road that went differently. I think if they would have kept the Rambler and the small car game, I think they could have very easily become sort of like the American import fighter brand. And, you know, through the gas crisis in the 80s and all that, they can make their name for themselves as like an economy-minded brand and, you know, really kind of carve out a niche for that. So they could be a, you know, small cars, fuel efficient. Who knows? Maybe they would have gotten into hybrids way earlier than everyone else. You know, they would have been like the American Toyota or whatever. I don't know. Wow. Um, but then also Jeep, especially, I mean, there was a lot of talk uh, in the 70s of AMC actually getting out of the car business and just focusing on trucks and SUVs. And they were 40 years ahead in that <laughs> mindset. I mean, literally, what was it, you know, five years ago, you know, Fiat Chrysler said, we're not going to sell any more cars. And then, you know, two years after that, Ford said, we're not going to sell any more cars. And, and so here was AMC way back in the 70s, there was internal debate saying, well, what if we just sell SUVs and trucks and we, we stop doing these cars? Wow. Uh, so I could see maybe American Motors as a brand wouldn't have survived, but, you know, you still would have had AMC Jeep. Uh, you know, Jeep could could have totally survived on its own, I think, uh, because their products were, are always in demand. I mean, people love them. Right. And in Jeep under its current, you know, ownership, you know, nowadays, too, are, are massive. I mean, they are just selling, you know, left and right still, even with, you know, Ford coming along and competing. You know, oh, we got to make the Bronco again to compete with that. And they're, they're still doing it. So, no, that that's super cool. And that, again, to me, just emphasizes how AMC was sometimes ahead of the curve, you know, crossovers, fuel efficient cars, Jeeps, things like that. You know, that's just really cool. And I think, you know, you being able to bring the story of the people behind that to you know television to people screens who otherwise wouldn't see it i think that's fantastic and i i want to thank you for joining me on the show again his name is joe ligo the film is the last independent automaker it is a whole documentary series a multi-part series and that's going to be at americanmotorsmovie.com for more information joe thank you for joining me on today's show absolutely it was a pleasure man thanks for having me there we go. My guest, Joe Ligo. And again, remember to check out everything about the film, the website, uh, the uh, fundraiser as well. If you are able to, please help out on the fundraiser. Help make this series a possibility. That is going to be really good. And of course, I want to thank my own Patreon subscribers who make this show a possibility. It all goes around. It all helps out for great automotive stuff right here 
on the podcast. And of course, remember to subscribe to this podcast, Spotify, Apple, Amazon, you know, wherever find shows and, uh, Hey, this one are downloaded and uh, don't forget to give it a rating on Spotify. Six stars. Let's blow up the ratings. Make them add some new ratings just for this show. When you rate the show, when you subscribe to it, you help push it up in the rankings and get it in front of more people. So definitely do that. It is very much appreciated. Now, I will see you right here. Same time, same place next week when we're going to the movies and probably talking about cars. I'll see you then.